Welcome back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia. I am the publisher of Seeking Rents. That's a newsletter in Florida where we explore the ways big businesses and other special interests influence public policy. Uh, we're back for another uh, quick daily update out of day 43 of the Florida legislature's 2024 legislative session, which runs for 60 days in all, assuming all goes to plan. Um Okay, today we're going to be talking about uh, tax cuts again, and that's because the uh, Florida Senate just rolled out its version of what everyone in Tallahassee calls the tax package. It's based, The uh, tax package is basically a huge collection of, of various tax breaks and tax cuts for people, businesses, and uh, a lucky few special interests who happen to have the right lobbyists or who have been especially generous with their campaign contributions. Um, so the Senate introduced its tax package just a, a few days after the Florida House of Representatives introduced its own. And, you know, I've uh, I've been quite critical of that House plan, both on this podcast and in the newsletter, because it is uh, it is badly lopsided in favor of giving tax breaks to businesses rather than giving tax breaks to consumers. So today we're going to go through the the Senate's plan, which is uh, which is quite a bit bigger. Um, and there are two things that are true about it. First, it is better than the House's tax package. Um, but second, it's still not good. It still prioritizes savings for businesses over consumers by a wide margin. We will uh, unpack that more in just a second. But but first, I wanted to make a uh, a larger point about about this tax stuff. Um, you know, both of these plans uh, were up for hearings yesterday in Tallahassee. So the House tax package, which is contained in a piece of legislation called House Bill 7073, was approved by the House Appropriations Committee. And the, the Senate tax package, which is in Senate Bill 7074, passed the Senate Finance and Tax Committee. And in both of these hearings, uh, a few lawmakers actually expressed some concern and did some pushback about the lopsided nature of these packages that they don't do nearly enough to help to directly help consumers, particularly when compared to how much help they're giving to to businesses. And in in both hearings, the the Republican response to that to that criticism was the same, and it was straight out of the 1980s. The response was essentially that tax cuts for businesses are tax cuts for consumers because businesses will pass their tax savings down to consumers in the form of lower prices. Trickle down economics, baby. Ronald Reagan lives. Not even Donald Trump can exercise that ghost. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you two quotes here. Um, I should honestly I should probably play the audio, but honestly, if I I'm such a tech rube that that figuring out how to cut that in here would be like a two day project for me. So we're just gonna read it. The um the first up is Representative Stan McLean. He's a Republican from Ocala, and he is the sponsor of the House tax package. And he was answering a question about why the House plan prioritizes tax cuts for businesses over tax cuts for consumers. McLean said, and quote, part of my philosophical thought process on taxation is consumers pay all taxes, whether it's hidden in a business rent tax or whether it's paid directly through a sales tax. And so we believe that all consumers would benefit from any of the tax cuts that we currently have in the bill. Okay, and and second, here is Senator Jim Boyd. He's a Republican from Bradenton who's probably going to be Senate president in a few years, and he was defending the Senate's tax plan against similar criticism during that that Senate committee hearing. Boyd said, "Quote: It's always a good thing when we're giving money to ta- back to taxpayers." And I did read the blogs this morning about are we giving bigger breaks to businesses than we are to individuals? In my way of thinking, when those businesses get breaks, individuals get breaks because. Conceivably, their prices are reflective of the breaks they get. 
So I hope that translates down to Joe Q citizen. Okay, so so first a couple of things here. But I, I, I'm glad to see that uh, Senator Jim Boyd uh, apparently is a reader of the newsletter. Um, good time to remind folks that there is an option to pay for a subscription if you can afford it. Um, second thing, first uh, second thing is consumers do not pay all taxes. That is simply untrue. It is both literally untrue because businesses do in fact pay taxes. But it's also philosophically untrue. What these guys are kind of like hand-waving at here is a concept known as tax incidence. And it's the idea is that ultimately when you work through all the second, third, and fourth order effects, all taxes are eventually borne by people, right? At the end of the day, a business is really nothing more than a piece of paper after all. It's the, the money eventually lands on a person somewhere, a human being. But while all taxes are ultimately borne by people, they are not all ultimately borne by consumers. Many taxes are ultimately borne by owners, the shareholders in and lenders to the businesses that get these tax cuts. And honestly, some taxes are even ultimately borne by workers because taxes can affect how much a company invests in its business or spends on things like wages. Now, tax incidence is a wickedly complicated subject. There are so many factors that can influence where the money actually flows after that initial tax cut. You know, there are economic conditions, the amount of competition in a market, the the scarcity of a product, the behaviors of competitors, how transparent the tax is. Um, but uh, but one of the biggest single factors that influence tax inc incidents is who is paying or who is saving upfront. In other words, if you cut a tax paid by consumers, more of those savings are ultimately likely to to accrue to consumers. But if you cut a tax paid for paid by businesses, then those tax savings are ultimately likely to accrue more to business owners. It's not an all or nothing scenario. It's just generally speaking. Businesses are going to save. Business owners are going to save more of a tax cut on biz, uh, on a tax break for businesses. Um, just to to give you one example, uh, most mainstream economists generally agree that about eighty percent of corporate income taxes are borne by the owners of corporations. Um, the rest, by the way, uh, generally is generally agreed that workers bear the rest. The the other twenty percent or so of corporate income taxes, almost none of corporate income taxes are borne by consumers. Um, I think here, this is one of the things that makes writing about taxes so challenging for some folks because because staff because stuff like tax incidents is uh, is so complicated and, and ultimately because of how many other factors eventually come into play, ultimately unknowable, that corporate lobbyists and the politicians that are helping them can get away with gaslighting folks into like not believing their own eyes. It's how guys like Stan McLean and Jim Boyd can look their colleagues in the face and claim that consumers pay all taxes and businesses pay none. Look, maybe they genuinely believe this stuff and they just haven't ever really thought deeply about it or done, done any reading about it. Or, you know, maybe they're being intentionally misleading, trying to con their own constituents into thinking they're helping them when they're really just helping businesses. But here's the other thing about tax policy. As complicated as it can be, it's also really quite simple. And there's only one question that really matters. Who gets the money? Who gets the damn money? That is all that really matters because it's all that lawmakers can really control. If the legislature cuts a tax, who will immediately pay less tax as a result of that? This is, to be clear, not to say that tax incidence doesn't exist. But all those second and third and fourth order effects are, like, like we said earlier, ultimately unknowable. 
and legislators have no control over them. Those secondary effects are going to be dictated by all sorts of larger economic factors. The one thing legislators get to decide is who gets the money first, and that's who they're helping. Okay, so with uh, with that rant out of the way, let me get back to the, the, the Senate tax package specifically. Like, like I said earlier, it is better than the House taxes. Ta- House, like I said earlier, it is better than the House's tax package, but it is still not a good one for consumers. Let me let me start with the good part of this. Unlike the House, which basically has nothing meaningful for consumers in it, there is at least one big consumer tax cut in the Senate plan. It's essentially a tax cut on homeowners insurance policies. Now, This mostly involves something called the insurance premium tax, which is paid by insurance companies. Um, And so that would normally be a bright red flag. Um, But the Senate plan uh, goes out of its way to include specific language that will make sure that those savings get passed on to consumers. Um, Most of them, there's like a a little problem potentially in the in part of the Senate plan, but I'm being very nitpicking with that. Generally speaking, um, the, the Senate plan is very intentional and clear about making sure that these savings do accrue to the policyholders. So I think it's fair to count this as a, a consumer tax cut. And and honestly, just to, to give him credit, this this insurance tax cut with all that that pass through language comes from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Ron DeSantis was the worst governor I've ever seen on tax policy during his first three years as governor. I mean, far worse than Rick Scott, for instance. Um, but he has actually been quite good on tax policy for these last three sessions, and he deserves some credit for that. Now, the Senate sponsor of the the Senate tax package, Senator Blazing Golia, a Republican from uh, Spring Hill, kind of near Tampa, he said this insurance uh, tax cut would ultimately save the average homeowner about three and a half percent on their insurance premium. And Look, obviously, that is that's a pittance in the grand scheme of Florida's property insurance crisis, where rates have basically doubled over the last few years. Um, this is a dumb idea if you're going to position it or try and cast it as a solution to the state's uh, insurance crisis. Um, but in the context, uh, but in the context of a, a tax cut package, I I do think it's pretty good. Assuming it all works out as intended, like someone with a three thousand dollar insurance premium should save a little more than a hundred dollars. That's not nothing. Um, and when you're trying to give tax cuts to consumers, it, it it's expensive, right? Um, uh, but that said, this isn't the biggest tax cut in the Senate plan. Just like the House, the biggest tax cut in the Senate plan is a business tax cut. But here's another positive thing, I would argue. The, the Senate's biggest big business tax cut is arguably a better one because it would help more small businesses. So let me walk you through how that would work. Specifically, the, the Senate plan would increase something called the uh, the collection allowance for retailers and restaurants and other businesses that uh, collect sales tax from you whenever you buy something from them. Um, this is basically money that that we pay to businesses to serve as like the state of Florida's tax collection agents, right? It's compensation for collecting and remitting sales tax. Um, right now, Retailers in Florida generally get to keep thirty dollars a month of the sales tax they collect as their their collection allowance. You might you might also hear it called the dealer credit sometimes. Um, the Senate bill would boost that to forty five dollars a month. That's a that's a fifty percent increase. So the the dollars are small, but the percentage here is is big, and it it adds up. So this would essentially give retailers and other businesses that that coll- charge sales tax 
It would basically allow them to keep an extra $114 million a year in the sales taxes they collect rather than turning that over to the state. Now, the, the good thing about this is that it really does help lots of small businesses, especially since there are so many mom and pop retailers like, you know, little restaurants, independent restaurants or gift shops or clothing stores and so on. Um, it is not perfect. Um, part of the challenge with doing this is that big chain retailers and restaurants, you know, places that have dozens of locations around the state, um, they get a they get a collection allowance for each one of those locations. So they, they're going to get this bigger, they're, they're going to get a much bigger benefit out of this because of the fact that it, it stacks essentially. Um, but still, increasing the 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 sales tax collection allowance should help a wider array of of genuinely small businesses than the the house's big business tax cut, which focuses on on cutting the sales tax that some businesses pay when they rent property. Um, okay, so so why do I say that the the Senate plan is is bad overall? Well, like the House, the Senate plan ultimately gives a lot more to businesses than it does to consumers. And this is because that that sales tax collection allowance increase is permanent. So businesses would save $114 million year after year after year. There are no permanent broad-based tax cuts for consumers in the Senate package. The insurance ta That insurance tax cut we talked about for homeowners, um, it gives consumers or homeowners a, a bigger savings up front. It's got like a total cost of somewhere around $400 million or so. But it's temporary. That $400 million is it. This business tax break is permanent. Again, they get that $114 million year after year after year. 10 years in, it's more than a billion dollars. The Senate tax plan is also somehow even more larded up with special interest giveaways. So again, we've talked about this here and, and in the newsletter, the House tax package has a tax break for Florida Power and Light, a tax break for uh, American Advisors Group, a company that sells reverse mortgages to seniors, um, Chesapeake Utilities Company. There's uh, The Senate has all of those, um, but it also adds one for ADT, the, the home security, the home alarm company. Um, the Senate plan would also give $27.5 million a year in taxpayer money to the state's horse racing industry forever. This is a this is a thing they first did last year. It was supposed to expire within two years. The Senate makes it permanent. That is crazy. Most of this money ends up going to subsidize two tracks, Gulfstream Park and Tampa Bay Downs, which are, of course, really big campaign contributors. And, and honestly, if a if an industry needs a permanent thirty million dollar a year subsidy, you know, may, maybe there are some larger problems with that industry. Um, as an aside on all this, by the way, there was there was kind of a you know, darkly funny moment in the Senate finance and tax hearing yesterday where a, a bipartisan group of senators sort of ganged up to defend that Florida power and light tax break, which it's a property tax break that essentially would allow FPL and other power companies to to potentially delay the start of paying property taxes when they they build like a new solar farm. Um, but the way the way these guys sort of teamed up to defend that, it was a, it was a reminder that there is there is no constituent in the state that Florida senators will defend more passionately than Florida Power and Light. Um, lastly, on the Senate plan, it also scales back a bunch of existing consumer tax breaks, like way back. So just like the House does. So there's a, a tax-free holiday on back-to-school supplies. Last year it was four weeks. This year it would be two weeks. Uh, there's a summer tax holiday on, on things like event tickets and then you know outdoor recreation equipment like fishing, camping, boating supplies. That's going to get cut by two thirds from three months to one month, and then, 
even the the state does a couple of tax free holidays on hurricane preparedness supplies to to incentivize people to stock up on on supplies. They've cut that way back too by cutting a bunch of important stuff out of it, like you know paper towels and toilet paper and all sorts of just basic household supplies that you want to stock up on. You know, um, and and I said this in the newsletter too, but it's important to remember here in all of this that Florida has the most regressive tax code in the country. The state of Florida taxes the poorest 20% of families nearly five times as much as it does the top 1%. Uh, Florida also taxes the middle 20% of families, the middle class, more than three times as much as it does the top 1%. And so like a package of tax cuts that disproportionately benefits businesses would make Florida's tax structure even more unfair. And the thing is, it does not have to be this way. The, the governor and the legislature could instead focus on broad-based tax cuts that directly benefit people, particularly folks in the working and middle class. Um, and, and like I said about Ron DeSantis the last couple of years, this is actually something they've done reasonably well the past couple of years. Like they chose to permanently eliminate sales tax on diapers, toothpaste, and strollers. That's all good. They should do more of that. Um, and they certainly have plenty of options available to them. You know, there are plenty more household supplies or other basic needs that fam that all families buy that you could exempt from sales tax. If if you feel like you can't do it permanently, you could at least do it for one year. You know, they could also pass what um, a lot of advocates call the Working Floridians Tax Rebate, which would give uh, more than two million lower income households in Florida an average tax cut of two thousand four hundred dollars. That would go. That would be a big step towards trying to undo some of the, the the regressive nature of Florida's tax code. Now, there is uh, still a bunch of time left in session, sort of relatively speaking. You know, we're under three weeks to go now, but the last couple of two weeks of session are, are an eternity. And, 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 you know, the tax package is always one of the, the very last bills that passes each year because it's so intertwined with the state budget. The more money, you know, it's a good reminder that Tax cuts are no different than spending. It's just a different way of doing it. The The tax cut it package is inextricably linked to the state budget because it all affects how much money they have to spend and they have to choose how they want to spend it. Um, now, the the danger here is that the House and Senate are just going to combine these, these two things together into one sort of monstrously lopsided package, one that gives businesses a bunch of giant tax breaks, including one that's permanent while giving a well, giving very little to consumers, including nothing that's nothing meaningful that's permanent, you know, and, and you can be almost certain they'll sprinkle a few more last minute special interest favors in there, too. Um, but again, they could also come through with more for consumers. Uh, that is absolutely an option. There are plenty of ideas out there. Like I said, it honestly just depends on one thing, whether they care. OK, we're going to we're going to leave it there. I promise not to say another word about taxes when we come back tomorrow. We'll go back into, into some other bills. Um, as always, if you haven't already, please uh, consider signing up for the newsletter. Um, uh, subscriptions are free. They'll have your uh, the, our stories and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. There is an option to pay for a voluntary subscription if you can afford it. Um, please think about doing that. Those, uh, those voluntary paid subscriptions are really helpful to helping us uh, cover reporting expenses that, that help us do this work. So, all right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll uh, talk again soon.